You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, my friends, it is the Locked on Nets podcast emergency edition here at 1.17 a.m. Welcome into everybody in the live. We'll do more than one of these, obviously, um, mostly because I'm here and because I was awake and thinking about going to bed. And then ultimately, uh, this news breaks. So we dive in for what the conversation is that we're having in the comments here. Obviously, this is not going to be. Um, one of those trades that we're rejoicing about or we're excited about or we're dissecting what it can mean for the Brooklyn Nets and how they can move forward from here because the Brooklyn Nets are trading Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns uh, for a package that we'll flesh out here in a second. It includes, uh, it got added to here, Sham Sharania, obviously Adrian Wojnarowski, all the major people are going to be reporting on this, as you would expect. The Nets are trading Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns for a package that includes Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, four first-round picks, and additional draft compensation. Uh, Shams followed that up with the fact that the, uh, the Suns will also be sending uh, Jay Crowder to the Nets as a part of the deal per sources. I mean... <laughs> There's not, um, man, there's not a lot to say. Obviously, the first and foremost thing here is that uh, it's the end of whatever version of this era of Brooklyn Nets basketball, right? Uh, started with the acquisition, with signing, excuse me, Kyrie Irving and free agency, bringing in Kevin Durant. We know the journey through James Harden, through Kenny Atkinson, Steve Nash, ultimately Jacques Vaughn. And then obviously with Joe Sy and Sean Marks at the helm here, um, they took the request from Kyrie Irving last Friday, turned that into a deal on Sunday, sending him to Dallas in exchange for Spencer Dinwiddie and in exchange for Dorian Finney-Smith along with a 2029 first round pick as well as uh, 2029 and 2027 second round picks. And then we started to speculate, right? What was it going to be going forward for Brooklyn? And we, we just had the discussion earlier, so it, it's not as if uh, you can speculate that you knew or act like you had this understanding of what was going to happen next, right? But we said in the conversation around Kevin Durant and how there was total radio silence, and you can see it as, well, that's them having conversations behind closed doors and figuring out what's next, or it's this, Right. And we can also say, and we'll talk about how, you know, compartmentalize these things a little bit here between losing this final superstar in this uh, franchise and what it means going forward for the team. But the conversations that were being talked about going on with the Toronto Raptors and the idea that Pascal Siakam, maybe that was a discussion, trade centered around a Nicholas Claxton, probably picks, they're, they're, to me, and we'll hear more about this, I'm sure, in the, in the days and you know weeks to come coming out of this, but to me, it probably sounds like that all-in push that it would have taken to acquire someone like that would have been a difficult task for 
the Nets to go down the road of if they didn't have the sense that it was going to be beyond this offseason where Kevin Durant might still want to be moved. Adrian Wojnarowski, um, just clarifying some of the information here. The Nets get unprotected picks in 2023, 25, 27, and 29, according to sources talking with um, ESPN. In addition here, Woj also has that swaps for Kevin Durant and TJ Warren also being added into this deal. No point in saying this is funny that I was having a low-level thought around if the Nets were trying to make an additional move here, it would have been interesting around a TJ Warren, a guy coming back from an injury, finally gets healthy, showing you he can be a contributor. And so, that being the case, um, listen, we, we have all of this, right? So I'm sure there's going to be a segment of the fan base that's going to immediately look to ownership and look to Sean Marks, right? And just saying that this is a failing at the highest possible level of this organization. And I can get behind that in some ways. Like I can, (laughs) I can understand all of the energy that you would put in that direction, because as we've chronicled across this podcast, there have been plenty of mistakes, plenty of missteps, right? And plenty of potential errors that were beyond repair. And at the same time, Whether it was going to be Sean Marks or Joe Sy at the helm of this, it looks like it looks as though this thing was going to deteriorate over the course of this season and over the course of this offseason. So in that sense, it is what it is. If you have questions or anything, this this isn't going to be a full episode. Um, I may throw this up out there on the podcast feed as well. But if you have any questions or comments, feel free to put them in there. We got maybe some crying emojis, maybe some laughing emojis. Um, a lot, a lot of action certainly going on here. Now the question becomes, what is this team? Because we talked about this and how, you know, as Doug and I discussed it, this is why you try to hold on to these players. It's, it's why you try to do everything possible. It's why you make a swing, you know, going for a James Harden to think maybe it can push you over the line here. So you can capitalize on having this talent. And then that goes belly up and you end up stuck with a Ben Simmons who can't be healthy right now. And isn't remotely the player he once was, which frankly, from all indications, was something that was frustrating Kevin Durant because ultimately you had James Harden there, a trade gets executed, and you bring back a player that is simply not the guy that you need him to be. We don't need to relitigate the reason for that trade, what went into it, what went in with Kyrie, what would happen with Kevin Durant. The bottom line is the era is over. Now, when we think about it, just for the sake of argument, sake of discussion, really, what the Brooklyn Nets now have. Because I think the one question that we were talking about was around this deadline versus in the offseason. So four first-round picks, that's a significant haul in return for a 34, going to be 35-year-old, one of the best players on the planet. We know who he is. The Nets also do get some very nice players in this deal. And this isn't me trying to sugarcoat it. It's just discussing what the Nets have coming back, obviously, inside of this trade. Cam Johnson was somebody who we certainly had talked about being someone. And this is going back even, not even necessarily Kevin Durant trade. Where was his value? I think going back to the offseason when Phoenix was discussed, it was, well, is Cam Johnson attractive in a trade like this? And we weren't so sure. And then he had the injury. Then he comes back and he really looks like he's putting a a really solid season for himself together. So the Nets are getting youth and they are getting draft capital. 
And while it may feel miserable on a thousand different levels, effectively, they've managed to reset themselves in terms of all the assets and capital that they had sent out over these last few years. It's not, again, this isn't the solution. It's just the reality of what it is. So we'll loop back a couple of times here with reminding everybody with the breaking news from Sham Sharania, from Adrian Wojnarowski, Kevin Durant being traded to the Phoenix Suns in exchange, along with TJ Warren, just to keep all the facts in line, in exchange for Bridges, Johnson, Crowder put in there as well, four first-round picks, 23, 25, 27, and 29. And we'll see if anything else comes from this just as it moves forward because this literally broke, I don't know, within the last eight minutes, I guess I would say. And when you're just about to put your head down to rest, this is exactly what you get here. Um, And we also have a 2028 pick swap as well. So the Nets are going to build for the future, obviously. Now, the other thing that you start to look at is what happens with this roster in behind it. Because you're bringing back in three players. Some of these guys may end up being bought out. You know, who knows where, where this is going to go from here. But in addition to bringing back Spencer Dinwiddie in the trade with, for Kyrie Irving, bringing in Dorian Finney-Smith, um, now you have these other players. So what I would think is, and we'll, we'll update this as the information becomes available, what I would think is you're going to have Dorian Finney-Smith may not be here. Because he's 29, going to be 30 years old, nice piece, someone that contending teams I think would really like to have on their roster. So I wouldn't be shocked if he goes out in a trade potentially. Guys like Joe Harris, I don't know where their value stands right now at all, at his value specifically. If you can, you might try to move off of that. If you can move off of Seth Curry, you're going to try to do that. So there's certainly going to be other moves that are going to happen here where you try to bring yourself back down to having young players, exciting players, players the fan base can, (laughs) again, got to compartmentalize these statements. Fans, The fans can be excited about after they get over the fact that we lost every superstar that we had in this franchise uh, in the blink of an eye. Really, and and think about it, over 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 the past year, we've lost James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. So just to tie a little bow onto that. We'll reset the table here in a second, re-go over all of the players that moved in this deal, and then just remind everybody, what has Cam Johnson been this year? What has Bridges been this year? Um, And what can this team potentially look like? We're going to do this multiple times as we move forward here. I'm sure there's going to be more information and more news that is going to break around the Brooklyn Nets because bringing in at a minimum, you sent out two, you brought in three, So that does technically, I guess, balance the books in terms of having opened up a roster spot when it came to sending Kessler Edwards out to the Kings, which, by the way, not that any not that he matters in the spectrum of things. But it's interesting that the Nets made a move like that to free up a roster spot. What was that with the intention of doing right? Royce O'Neal, another guy to think about here. Um, Gave up a first round pick for him. Also on the older side can be a really nice piece for a contending team. So this thing is far from over for the Brooklyn Nets. We just have to wait and see where it's going to go from here. Before we dive back into this, why don't we go ahead and tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. They are America's number one sports book. We are excited, of course, about this new partnership. Why? Because for Locked On, they are the number one sports book in America 
They give you all of the updates, lines, props, odds, really great features here. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score the first touchdown, the last touchdown, anytime touchdowns. We know that the Super Bowl is coming up on the weekend. We know that you're going to need a distraction as a net fan from what's going on inside this franchise. So you can go ahead and head over to FanDuel because it is an app that is both safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get it paid for your winnings. Excuse me, get paid for your winnings instantly. And you know, my friends, that when you go over to FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash NBA, you can claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. 57, good Lord, didn't even realize that. Doug's been betting it big. Get a little parlay going together. Bet the under on passing yards for Jalen Hurts. Bet the under maybe on some receiving yards. Think about the ground game and go with some touchdowns for those running backs and maybe for Hurts as well for those Dirty Bird Eagles. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right. Let's go ahead and walk right back into the conversation here, resetting the table quickly for you. We all know that Kyrie Irving was sent to the Dallas Mavericks for Spencer Dinwiddie along with Dorian Finney-Smith and a first-round pick along with two seconds. Then, just, what's today? Wednesday, basically Thursday morning. So that was Friday trade request, Sunday trade, and then another three days later, Kevin Durant and in his Brooklyn Nets era is officially over, sending him to the Phoenix Suns along with TJ Warren in exchange for Bridges, Johnson, Crowder, four first-round picks, and a swap in 2028. The first-rounders, 23, 25, 27, and 29. Um, This is a rough one. Not going to lie to you. I will be curious to see. I'm already seeing it in a lot of the comments here, obviously, as we're live on YouTube. By the way, let me take a brief second. I know we want to lament on this. I know we want to talk about it. But let's just take two seconds here to remind you. If you are in here on this live stream at 1.30 in the morning on Thursday, go ahead over and subscribe to the channel for us. We're trying to push over that 5,000 subscriber mark. Guess what? Kevin Durant is no longer going to be a Brooklyn Net. But Doug Norrie and myself, we are going to keep being the host of the Locked On Nets podcast, and we're going to keep trying to bring you all the energy and insight around this basketball team going forward. So if you can, do us that solid. Maybe it'll make you feel better. And it's free, by the way. Didn't cost anything. Not like trades in the NBA. Didn't cost players. Didn't cost picks. You can just go over their head and do that. So the other interesting thing that I think will be, be I'll be curious about going forward here is, what were some of the offers that maybe were on the table? Were the Phoenix Suns the clear cut? You go back to the Kyrie Irving, and this, and there are some you know, interesting aspects to this. The Kyrie Irving trade, we had heard about the Clippers. We had heard about, obviously, the Lakers, and we knew about the Dallas Mavericks being in the mix. But Josiah gave uh, Sean Marks the, the caveat of, yes, trade Kyrie Irving, just do not send him to the Lakers where he wants to go. It had been speculated for a long time that Kevin Durant was interested in going to Phoenix and it was about the packages and could they put them together. Remember, go back to the summer with the initial trade request. The conversations then were the Brooklyn Nets are not interested in DeAndre Ayton in that trade. Now, they also would have had the issues around Ben Simmons and the rookie extension, et cetera. But now we come back around and we see that it's not going to be Ayton. And by the way, different type of skill sets, but the emergence of Nicholas Claxton, obviously over the course of this season, wasn't going to benefit a potential move that included Aiton as well. 
Let's get ourselves a look over at some key stats here as we have the conversation around the trade that went down here in the wee hours of Thursday. Can I just have a little side note too? does feel a little bit like when you try to put out bad news at the end of the news cycle of the week, when everyone's going to the weekend, happy hours underway, nothing to worry about. This deal goes down at one in the morning, but the, the, before the deadline day, like it's just gotten into Thursday, the official trade deadline day, and the Brooklyn Nets execute this trade kind of underneath the cover of night. But as Twitter and everything else is still up and running, there was no way that you were going to escape uh, what certainly was going to be a seismic shift and is a seismic shift. And by the way, there's some level of irony that in these two trades now, while the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference has one less team to worry about, at least in the short term, with the Brooklyn Nets taking a step back here, everybody else is going to be able to kind of take a nice little step forward for themselves. But out West, so the Dallas Mavericks, they're worried about Luka. He's putting pressure on the organization to make a move. They go get Kyrie, move themselves up that board. And on the heels of it, Kevin Durant, his former teammate, is now in the Western Conference with the Phoenix Suns, moving them right up that board. I'll be fascinated to see what other teams potentially were in these conversations, what other packages were being offered, and how exactly this one came to be. And whether or not really there was anything other than maybe Kevin Durant saying, I want to go to Phoenix and the Brooklyn Nets, and we talked about this before, for whatever went on with Harden or went on with Kyrie Irving, seem to have always maintained a... I know, say positive relationship. Well, why isn't he a Brooklyn Net then? But at least had a respected relationship with Kevin Durant, i.e., if you don't want to be here and you say you want to go to this team, we're going to do everything within our reasonable power to put you where you want to be in the short term. So rather than spending half a season somewhere and waiting for them to trade you, which would have been a disaster, not getting any of the assets or necessarily the most assets you possibly could, you go ahead and get the benefit of moving him yourself. Cam Johnson... We take a look inside of his stat lines here. And the reason why it's, you know, let's go silver lining. Um, we'll lament this one. Don't worry. There'll be plenty of dark days ahead. But 17 games just played this season. The reason why I bring it up is because he had played in 66 games. He was a bench player coming off 16 starts last year. Comes in back from the injury in the starting lineup. So he came in shooting 44% up for his career from the field, shooting 47% this season. Came in shooting 39% from beyond the arc, but last two years, including this one, 42 last season, 45% from beyond the arc this year. So you, you do like the numbers. You like where they're trending. He's a good free throw shooter. He's a solid rebounder. Gives you now averaging currently 14 points a game this season. Again, just 16 games, 17 games, excuse me, 16 started over 25 minutes. What you love about it is that he's 26 years old, so you've got the prime of his career coming up. 6'8", has length, right? You certainly like the two-way play that he's going to be able to bring to this team. I understand this is, not, <laughs> that this is again, not the ideal scenario, but it is what we're, this is where we are, right? So you do get a nice player. A really, I really I, I, if I isolate myself into having Cam Johnson on the Brooklyn Nets, I really like that. Okay, so that's good. I'm happy to have him on this roster. Turn our attention over to Bridges. Certainly the higher profile with consistency over the last few seasons. When we talk about these two players specifically, obviously we know who Crowder is. We know he's a veteran. And I wouldn't be surprised, again, he's a player that could get passed through in a trade that gets lumped in here. Bridges, also 26 years old, 6'6", 
Now he's been a guy. What is he? He's a former, yeah, former first round, 10th overall to Philadelphia. He is a player that has given you a pretty high level of consistency. Now, the numbers from the field were down this season, uh, shooting just 46% from the field, has played and started in every single game, played and started all 82 games last year, played and started in all possible 72 games the year prior. So he's been a very consistent player, durable player, certainly over these last couple of seasons. Um, 38% from beyond the arc this year. That's getting him back up towards his best year was 42% three seasons ago. Um, these are two, you know, these are two plug and play starters. So you have to like that too. It just comes down to what other weight are the nets going to shed here over the course of it. So reforming this rotation and what happens here is going to be very interesting to watch for the Brooklyn nets and how this roster moves forward. The, 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 maybe the, you know, you know what? It's it's a great uh, Kelvin here. If you're in the live one, this is going to be a, a fun YouTube episode, a podcast episode that goes out because it's a little scattered, trying to keep it all together here. But Kelvin, that is a, a good question that you just asked right there, I think, in the short term, because nothing um, is going to change what you lost, but what are you going to be going forward, and what does it mean for this season in the short term for the Brooklyn Nets? We can go ahead and tap into that a little bit here. And... When we turn our attention, as I get my ducks in a row, and I make sure that I just give a little extra check over on Twitter to ensure that we're keeping ourselves up to speed just in case Woj or Shams are providing any additional information around this. At this moment, it doesn't look like it. So just to clarify it, 23, 25, 27, and 29 first-round picks from Phoenix to the Brooklyn Nets, in addition to Crowder, Bridges, and Johnson for Kevin Durant and TJ Warren, also additionally a 2028 pick swap for the Brooklyn Nets. What does it mean for the Brooklyn Nets this season? Is this a team that is still going to make the playoffs this year? Probably. If if I'm, you know, and this may, I know it doesn't matter in this moment, but they are going to be a playoff team. However this shakes out, you're going to have Bridges, you're going to have Johnson, you're going to have Claxton. You're going to have Cam Thomas. I think you're going to have Spencer Dinwiddie. Maybe you will still have Dorian Finney-Smith. You know, those six players right there, and then you can, you know, a Sumner. You know, I, there's a chance that he may not be here. Maybe they'll move him potentially. Maybe, again, Joe Harris in a salary dump. There's some world where they just keep him around <laughs> just kind of as a, well, why? who cares to shed you now? It's not like it's costing us anything to keep you here. But maybe him. Certainly Curry, right? So you're going to thin this out a little bit. Um, but that's still going to be, when you look inside of these playoff, the playoff picture right now, let's just talk playing game, bottom of the barrel. That's the Toronto Raptors right now at 26 and 30. The Bulls, 26 and 28. Like the Nets are 32 and 22. Even if they're a, you know, five game under 500 team, we're 55 games through. There's less than 30 games to go here. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of shapes out and the probably one of the damning things that we can highlight here is after a trade like this you may be thinking boy there's a generational talent coming up in the draft but it's not going to matter because the nets can't get themselves back into those waters i guess you could take all your assets and throw them in to go get that guy but you're already too far up the chain you know you've got detroit pistons with 14 wins on the season right so this isn't a tank 
Like it's not, this isn't a tank. It is a, it is a rebuild. It is a pivot away from having the superstars and being a championship level team. But they're going to be talented. Like they're going to be a talented roster. They're going to be a playoff team. They're not going to, what happens once they're in the playoffs? It's listen, rewind it back with Spencer Dinwiddie back in here. It's going to be a lot like those days. And I think certainly you could say with some of these players, you would think the upside might be a little bit higher than it was back then. Plucky team getting into the playoffs, seeing what happens. I think this could be a team that over the next couple of years could try to push towards, you know, the middle of the pack of the playoff picture. We'll see what happens though. I would assume. Yeah, by the way, that's another good one too here. So if you have any questions, feel free to shout them out. Mostly it's just obviously just blasting off here about how crazy this is and what it all could mean. Um, It will be fascinating if you get a Suns-Mavs Western Conference Finals with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving squaring off. Or how about the fact that the Lakers with LeBron James, who missed out on getting Kyrie Irving, went out and executed a fairly sizable trade of their own to try to push themselves up there. You could end up having these three teams and these three players that have been interconnected and discussed and dissected over the last, you know, six months to a year. You could see them all right back in there. We're all vying for the same thing of coming out of the Western conference and being in the finals. Now, the other side of this is expectations around Sean Marks. We under, I understand you know, there, there's there's no world where you are a fan of a franchise that lands superstars and then has those superstars traded away and you don't want to direct it somewhere. The anger, the rage, the frustration, the lament, the sadness, right? So I get pointing it at Sean Marks. And again, we can go through chapter and verse, all the things that he did pre-superstars, the good, getting the superstars, the great, Losing the superstars, the terrible, and some of those decisions there in between. But we said this too around the decision around Kyrie and the same thing with Kevin Durant. Joe Sy, whatever you think about Sean Marks, whatever your opinion is of him as a GM, Sean Marks and Joe Sy are on the same page, for better or worse. So there's a really good chance that you don't have this GM execute this trade unless you anticipate him being in place to carry out the next phase of this. And if you can isolate from having the superstars and what went wrong here, you have to appreciate that Sean Marks once upon a time was the GM that turned nothing into everything for Brooklyn. And they have considerably more now than they did before. So they've replenished their asset pool. They've gotten some young players, some talented players, and we'll have to see how this unfolds and how this team forms going forward. One thing I am noticing from the fans, um, if you want to bail on the team, go right ahead. I, I, you know, we saw this when uh, Kyrie Irving was traded. Had fans saying, we're going to head over and go watch the Mavericks now because you're Kyrie Irving fans. Fantastic. Likewise, if you came in to the Kev, if you came on with a Kevin Durant trade or you know to Brooklyn, and that's why you were a Nets fan, then I get it. You're going to want to go follow the team where those players are. But 
I love to think that most of our fan base, the majority of it, are fans that are from New Jersey, carried over to Brooklyn, that they are faithful fans to the franchise. And for better or worse, this is what you got to live through, right? You have to live through some of the most (laughs) depressing moments and hopefully come out the other side the better for it. The other side that we can look at here just briefly would be to take a peek over at those Phoenix Suns now and just think because they're probably going to have to make, they're going to have to probably make another move here because if you look at their team right now and and you don't get any depth because they've taken it completely down, but they lost two starters in Johnson and in Bridges. Now, Kevin Durant replaces one of them. That's obvious. And then, theoretically, TJ Warren has been a guy off the bench, but he can be a nice contributor. I wonder if they're going to look at it and think about who else might, what else might they try to accomplish here, if anything. Could be buyout market. But it'll be fascinating to watch how they fill out what they want to do here because this very much underneath new ownership in Phoenix is the all-in move for them. And they also know that they have Kevin Durant under contract. So, you know, Kevin Durant's going to finish his career in theory. He's going to finish his career as a Phoenix Sun. And you have, I believe, you got Chris Paul under contract next year and the year after. 38, 39 years old. One last piece of information in this whole thing is what happens with Ben Simmons. Right? What is going to become of Ben Simmons now and that $35 million contract, right? I don't think that there's going to be any pressure or impetus to say we need to package picks to him to dump that off in this moment. Because the one other thing that will will probably get fleshed out here at some point, Bobby Marks had done a good job with the uh, Kyrie Irving trade where effectively the Nets had cleared off 20, I think like 28 million, something around there. Um, in terms of cap and luxury tax. And I know this is all, I get it. The, the high level, the high level statement is the Nets no longer have Kevin Durant. We understand that. However, I'm curious to take a look at where it's going to stand in terms of the money that went out, which is basically only Kevin Durant's. The match of that, it was low, only a little north of five, almost six million for Cam Johnson, and then a little north of 2021. For bridges. So, and then the 10 million is what makes the money work on Jay Crowder. But again, they can jettison and clear that money off potentially. So they are going to get themselves. And this is just this is just bookkeeping, right? When you know you're pushing the reset, then you know what's going to happen is you're going to try to get that luxury tax issue out of your way. So I want I I, I do wonder what and when they will decide about Ben Simmons and what they're going to look to do going forward with him. That being the case, my friends, we will wrap up. It will be an official podcast episode. This will go out. You can go back and listen to this on the feed and re-dissect it. And then we're going to turn our attention like we always do with our post-game lives and some of our trade deadline lives that we've done. Hang out, get into the questions, talk with you guys a bit, lament what has gone on here, seeing a lot of the great comments. And as I said, over 1,600 people in here right now Do us an incredible, incredible favor, man. It's totally free. Go over, subscribe to the Locked On Nets YouTube channel right now. Turn on the alerts so you can hear all the updates as we try to work our way through 
the trade of Kevin Durant and the end of the superstar era in Brooklyn as we know it, but it really, really helps us pushing up over 5,000. We want to get there and we want you guys to be right there with us. So we greatly appreciate it. And of course, subscribe over on the podcast feed as well. That will do it for this emergency podcast update. Kevin Durant traded to the Phoenix Suns with TJ Warren in exchange for four first round picks, an additional pick swap, and Bridges, Crowder, and Johnson. We're back again next time. As I always do tell you, without Doug Norrie here, there is no quote short of saying that I miss my friend, especially in dark times like these. And I can't wait until he gets back here so we can keep talking all things Brooklyn Nets basketball.